Hi, I'm John Porteous of the Lovells Township Historical Society, and you're listening to the first episode of the Backcast podcast. The Lovells Township Historical Society operates Michigan's only trout fishing museum. My partner in crime, Glenn Everly, and I started interviewing river guides and other individuals to share some of their river experiences as a supplement to our traditional display. Starting with the trout season opener, we'll be releasing a new podcast each week, so keep an eye out on our website or our Facebook page for new episode announcements. We hope that these podcasts will provide you with some entertainment, insight, a smile or two, and importantly, a brief respite during these challenging times. So without any further delay, let's enjoy today's conversation with Bob Andrus. Uh, We're honored today to have uh, Bob Andrus with us who is a uh, renowned guide on the Osable and Manistee Rivers. And uh, we're going to uh, chat with, uh, with Bob, John Porteous here, uh, from the Lovells Township Historical Society. Uh, Bob's a well-known guide from many, many years. I think he's retired from guiding now, but we'll learn that. Uh, and uh, we're going to ask him about uh, his beginning and Bob, uh, would you would you tell us perhaps uh, when you started fly fishing? Well, I, I started fly fishing uh, when I was a Boy Scout counselor, 18 years old, over at Bear Lake, Boy Scout camp, Bear Lake. That's the Bear Lake between Kalkask and Grayling. Uh, there used to be a Boy Scout camp on the North Shore. And one of my responsibilities was to take the older boys, the 13, 14-year-olds, down the Manistee River. And when I came upon people standing in the river waving the long stick, <laughs> I became infatuated with that. And before the summer was out, I had my first first fly rod and uh, was floundering around looking for, uh, trying to figure out how, what to do with it. So... Uh, that's when it, that's when it started, and and, uh, and what, what it, river it did, were you? I didn't improve after that. When I went to college, what we used to do, uh, in especially in the spring on the weekends, is go up to the North Branch, and we used to, to camp either at Shoepack Lake or, and often up there at the at the sheep uh, at the sheep ranch. Uh, just camp back in there mm-hmm. and, and listen to the whippoorwills drive us crazy <laughs> and the raccoons steal our food and everything. <laughs> so we used to have a good time up there at uh, on the uh, and that was my uh, my roommates from from college. We used to go up there. They were they were also floundering fishermen. And now where did you go to, to school? I went to Michigan State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had a good we had a good time uh, uh, up in the Lovells area and. Uh, uh, stayed away from the mainstream. We heard that's where all the uh, all the hot shots were at. And so <laughs> we felt we felt comfortable, very comfortable up there. It was away from everybody, and we didn't have people watching us as beginners. So, yeah. <laughs> and then after that, I did. Um, I don't know. Read read about. When I first got back from the military, that would be early seventies. I had a trailer and I parked it. Had some uh, relatives over in uh, uh, south uh, southeast corner of the county and and fish primarily the um, the uh, 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 the south branch at that fish the south branch for a lot of years uh, mm-hmm. uh, before I moved up here in '75 and started fishing the the mainstream. Yeah. 
But uh, shortly after that, I'd say about 1980. By that time, I was married and and uh, and was living down in Beaver Creek and and. Uh, and Lord Stefan said, "You are, asked me if I was interested in a riverboat, and I of oh, course was. I've seen these riverboats and going down the river, and, and I thought it was the most marvelous thing in the world. And I thought I, I, I belonged in one. Yeah. And and so he was a caretaker at at Pawnee, and and he said, well, we got an old, we have one that's fixer upper, and so I got the fixer upper in June when I got out of school." And by mid-June, it was all resurrected and ready to go. And my first trip, because it, the boat was ready, yeah. was a night trip for Hexus on the uh, on the uh, <laughs> on the mainstream. So somebody said, "Oh, you should go down." They're coming off really well down below Connors, between Connors and uh, and uh, uh, McMaster's, and. Uh, so I don't I don't even remember who I was with, but you had it, somebody. Was, it was some brave soul because it, I'd never guided you know I'd never been in a riverboat, much rather <laughs> in the back of a riverboat going down the river at night. Sure, and crazy. So it was <laughs> it was quite an experience, and I don't know that we did anything more than just survive, but. I don't remember catching any fish, but that wasn't what I was there for. So <laughs> I was, there, I was just boat. I was just there to go down the river in a riverboat. <clears throat> but it, the next day was, I did go was down. Was it hard to pull that starting out? I I had some really good instruction from from Lawrence and really, yeah, and I was pretty I was a pretty strong soul. And the river, interestingly, the riverboat wasn't a really huge riverboat. It was only a uh, like twenty footer. Mm. Oh, shorty. Mm. So it was a little shorty. It wasn't especially heavy. Uh, and I love that riverboat. But when I started <clears throat> guiding commercially, it wasn't big enough for a, a third person where right. she got to be able to Very handle it. So I got a, 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 a bigger boat uh, when I started doing it, when I retired from teaching and started started doing it full time. Bob, do you know who built the first boat that you had? Did yeah, one of the stuff yeah. Well, I kind of know who built it, and then when I asked him, he said he didn't think he had built it. I, when I when I got it, when I, it's uh, interestingly it was, it was uh, uh, Bud Bud Stefan. Bud. That's what Lawrence Lawrence told me. It was his cousin Bud. Bud Stefan. built it, or his older brother. Maybe his older brother. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lawrence is the youngest of, of that group, mm -hmm. and, and Bud's the oldest, and and so uh, I think I, that I could be wrong about that, but but uh, but he said no, Lawrence didn't know what he's talking about. But then on the other hand, <laughs> what I saw Dave, Dave Wiss had the sister or the brother the same exact boat. Oh no kidding! <clears throat> and when I asked him. I thought Dave said, well, it was definitely a Stefan boat, but, but Dave, Dave also thought that might be who it was. It was built shortly after World War II. But, but uh, Bud had built yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. as far as the age. And and, mm -hmm. uh, and and I know that Bud was building, at that period of time, was, was building boats. So, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know that for sure. Anyway, so no. my, my, mm -hmm. my uh, I kept that boat for about... Uh, 
10 years and mm-hmm. and uh, and Dave Cosette has it now. Oh, I, does I he? sold it to Dave oh, Cosette when I bought when I bought <clears throat> Hillary Snell's uh, uh, it's pretty cool that you uh, you're yeah. able to follow boats pretty yeah. well. Yeah. You know, as to yeah. where yeah. they end up and how they've touched yeah. your life in the in between. Yeah, yeah you, 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 you were you come attached to boats if you sit if you sit in. I mean you you learn to really really uh, um, appreciate appreciate boats. And 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 yours gets damaged from time to time. Mine was one time I don't know it was this was probably fifteen years ago that it I was coming out of yellow trees, and that's a horrible road coming mm-hmm. out of yellow trees, and and uh, and I hit some bump in the, you know, this is probably two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> hit some bump, it goes up, and I heard a crack in the back, oh, and I said, "Shit!" So you know, you the boat it the broke. boat uh, split in half, and so I had to end up using my neighbor's boat, which had been destroyed when a garage roof caved in on top of it and, and flattened right out and and uh, and uh, um, oh um, well, what's trying to think of the uh, of the uh, Wayne Catnaw oh Catnaw uh, sure uh, said everybody was there looking at all these busted up river boats that were in this garage right when the when the when the snow came it was came his garage it his... was yeah this had happened it wasn't my garage it was one of the other neighbors garage that had had a couple of river boats or several river boats in uh, all which were destroyed <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so i had to use that boat you know and holy cats, you know, you had to Wayne patch put it, up. it back. Wayne put it back together. It was a Roger Roger Wisniewski boat, which are you know, they're big to begin with, and uh, and 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 heavy, and and so I used this monstrous boat <laughs> during the hex for several weeks during the the hex season, and I uh, it was a lot of a lot of wear, wear and tear in my body um, mm-hmm. moving that boat around. So I was really glad to get. To uh, when I got my boat back from who fi- uh, who fixed your boat after uh, it was that particular time, I'm quite sure that uh, um, oh my gosh, he builds all kind of boats. I can't remember one of the Stefans. What's that? One of the Stefans. Well, he's married to us. He's married to Cheryl Stefan. Billy Lowe's. Yeah, Billy oh, Lowe's. Yeah. Yeah, Billy yeah, Lowe's yeah. fixed it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Billy, Billy Lowe's uh, uh, put it back together, did a great job. Yeah. Uh, I was really happy with that one. And had to do another repair job one other time that uh, the gunnel. I don't know, something had went wrong with the gunnel, and Gary Willoughby uh, did a great repair job mm-hmm. on it one mm-hmm. time, though, when the gunnel got all beat up. It was a, uh, he put an oak or a uh, ash gunnel all the way around it and everything. And I remember when I went to get it, he said, I said, well, how much? He said, $200. And you got to be shitting me. I, I forget what I gave him. What a whole lot more than, the, than $200. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do get attached to the boats, don't you? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, he, he was... Did you ever have they, a client they, do anything weird with one oh, of your boats? What's that? Did you ever have a client do anything odd with one of your boats or did they ever pretty, pretty well did they ever try they tried no damage or anything did they ever try to get in it with 
with those cleats that people oh, like to wear. <laughs> yeah. That's, I always looked at their feet before they stepped into the Inspection before, before uh, stepped in my boat. Any gouges in it or oh, anything. Yeah. But yeah, oh, they have, you get a lot of damage. You're always going over top of stuff, especially at night, you know, mm -hmm. old pieces of metal that are sticking up that, uh, that you think you really know the river really well, but for some reason you're not where you want to be. And, and you hear a, you know, a scraping sound. Nice. So you're, you always got to be look, turning your boat over and, and looking at the, at the underside to make Bob, sure it's reinforced. Bob, you were a teacher, weren't you, in your career? Yeah, and, I, I, and taught, that, I taught here for 25 years. In Grayling? Yeah. And that gave you time in the summer to guide. Right. I, I and, guided some then, but I, and it was when I retired that I really started guiding full-time. I guided, I guided a little bit, uh, uh, and some of those early trips are as, memo as memorable as, as, uh, as the ones that I had. Uh, when did you start guiding, do you remember? I think Lawrence had me guiding probably a month after I got the boat. <laughs> okay, all right. I took, right. I took, a, I took a whole bunch of... Uh, there was like six or seven boats there that went down the river, and uh, like three or four left here at from Stefan Bridge, mm -hmm. and we left from Smith Bridge on the South Branch. Yeah, on the South Branch, <laughs> and when we came together, we came together at exactly the same, the same time. time. My gosh. Which I thought was was, was, on, was interesting. But, it, mm -hmm. but they knew that. You know, the, these yeah. families have been doing this forever. Sure. Yeah, they were taking a bunch of people from uh, old Lindemans. What's what's the name of the... Uh, the Shopnagon? Um, um, uh, no, there, there was... Uh, or, uh, the Oh, shop slot? Yeah, 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 yeah. The boathouse down there? Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. There, there was a bunch of people from there, there that, they, that they, they had a big... Yeah. It was just a party trip. It was mm -hmm. not a, it was, you know, in the later in the summer, it wasn't really a... Big fishing uh, trip. Yeah, but I got my first, uh, first 100 trip. bucks for taking. This This was a long time ago. And what year was that, do you oh, think, Bob? It would have been well, 81, 82, 81, okay. maybe, something like that, when I first got the boat. Nice little piece yeah. of change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then yeah. once you retired, you became, you guided regularly. Uh, yeah, in fact, regularly. the day after the day, my last day of teaching, the next day I was, I was, I was taking people, people down the, and, and down the river. So what I, year did you retire? What's that? What year did you retire? I think it was 95, but I don't really remember. Okay. It's been so long. Did, 95, that would be 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. A little more. Did you have any overlap with uh, can, Ron Ricosi? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I knew Ron real well, and, okay. and, and we we guided together on, on occasions and worked together. And, and well, yeah, and, I knew he taught there, and right, we, we right. talked to him, Ron as well. And, oh, okay. Uh, talked a little bit about uh, the fly fishing club at the high school. Right, and, right, right. Uh, we were we were, you know I was always part of the TU chapter, and we always uh, supported that, that. That's awesome. And, and I re I remember early on that that we would that uh, we would take kids down the river, uh, whether it was down to Mile, or he loves that Mile water. Yeah, he, he loves <laughs> like the big water, Sam's. Yeah. yeah, big, big yeah. fish. <laughs> big fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we used to take kids down, and I, I'm, I think he still does, but he probably, you know, I don't know, I, I, don't, I haven't gone down, I mean, 
he, he still not, he's, he's he was probably sitting retired now for yeah. all, three, or four, <laughs> three or four years. But but uh, but you know I still take a lot of kids down the river from these youth camps. <laughs> the youth camps, the TU youth camps that are yeah, that's fun, that are up it? here. Yeah, that's what fun. I do remember is when I about that same shortly after I got the boat, I was Michigan TU chairman back in the mid eighties. Oh neat. And and when you're the, the chairman, you have a river boat. You know you you take a lot of a lot of um, nice DNR, a lot nice of DNR people, room. and I, so I, I took the, the DNR uh, at that time, the dear, uh, fish chief down. I remember that that was that was one of the more memorable trips because when I we were going down the Manistee up there, up in the swamp, you know, that that area of the Manistee, which is was always one of my very favorite places mm -hmm. to be, and and but I pull over. Because there's fish, and 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 John has, John Robertson at the time was was the fish chief, and he had his, I think it was a girlfriend. I, I think I'm safe just to okay. just to talk, but, but I don't, I, you know, I don't know this for sure. But, but <laughs> anyway, so I stop and and you know, John says, you know, go get him, and before I could open my mouth and say, don't step out of the boat, she stepped out and there was no bottom to the river. Oh, and she goes, at first, well, that wasn't, you know, that was bad, but when I started, I couldn't help but I had to laugh. <laughs> 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 that, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't good, but they were, they were real good about the whole thing. Did yeah. you start stowing a couple extra towels after that? What's that? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, I just was going to speak up a little quicker than I. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned my lesson there, but uh, <clears throat> so that was. Not too many people have falling out, fallen out of the boat. Did, did One you time when I had a my very I said well you know when I start. I got a really nice chair to sit in and 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 somebody leaned over and fell out of the boat and so I had to build a system that you couldn't really lean over and f fall out of the boat. How'd you do that? A lot, it, was a learning, it was a learning process, sure. believe me, the whole, the whole, the whole time. So by the time I became a guide, I had most things under control. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you have a lot of regular uh, sports that would uh, sign up with you? Uh, yeah, I had, I had one that probably I took down the river for 15 years. Uh, mm. Awesome. Interesting, in, yeah, interesting though. I think uh, the first time I took him down the river, you know, I said, well, he needs some work on his casting, right? <clears throat> the last time I took him down, I think he needs some work on this cast. <laughs> <laughs> after 15 years? <laughs> after 15 years, you'd think some people, you would, you would uh, improve your skill level, but I got a feeling that the only time that uh, he fished was when he came up and with came you. down the river with, oh, with me. He didn't do a lot of fishing. Yeah. Did he catch yeah. any fish? But the, oh. He was catching fish? Yeah, he caught fish, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. You don't think a guy's going to catch any fish. Well, that's not true. Some, some of the... I have had trips where we didn't catch any fish. And I've had trips where very good fishermen didn't, didn't catch. catch any fish. Wow. So um, August can be really tough. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> All know. kinds of junk bonds yeah, to throw. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they wanted to dredge the bottom, they just, you know, but for the most part on this river, people like fishing dry flies. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> and, and, and they even shy away from In some places, you've got to shy away from the droppers because you're going to get hung up all the time. So, mm -hmm. so uh, they like fishing on the surface. I love fishing on the surface. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Although, I was telling Glenn right now, I'm tying up these mon Big. monster, uh, well, going monster articulated woolly <laughs> buggers and, and stuff. Yeah, but, but you're going to for, Labrador yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the big trout, big yeah. brook trout. <laughs> um, as but a I, guide, you you would probably help your sports with uh, fly selection. What what are your give us your four or five go-to flies? Well, it kind of depends on the season that you're out there. Mm -hmm. um, of course, the flies, you know, the mayflies. <clears throat> Hatches last, you know, each hatch lasts a couple of weeks, and, and and they peak and go down, and and at any one time there's going to be at least four four flies that are that are are, are working based and, on what's and hatching, that, and that just changes throughout the season, mm -hmm. so you you have to be aware of all that stuff. But but the very very my most productive flies over the year, you know, outside of the brown drakes and hexes that is, mm -hmm. and, and and of course early season the. The Hendrickson's uh, Isonychia is a fly yes. that it just goes on. You can so use cool. you can <laughs> use that thing for uh, you know a month and a half. You know they mm -hmm. start in mid June and mm -hmm. uh, and and you're still fishing them in September. Oh yeah. So they just go on forever. There's never a lot. Well, I shouldn't say that. One of my trips. <laughs> it was it was um, there two women and two men. Steve Sother takes them in. I get the women, right? This is oh, good for and you. This is this is a Father's Day trip, and we're going down the South Branch, and it's a kind of a threatening, yucky day. But we decide to go, and around you know five o'clock or so, we we get on the river, and uh, and I don't think we're on the river more than fifteen minutes, and there's Isonychia everywhere, hmm. fish. Big fish just coming up like crazy, and mm. and these and they couldn't really cast very well, and and so it was the most frustrating experience I think of all my for, fishing for you because it could have been the best day ever guiding and sure. it, and I, they didn't but they had a great time but. They didn't. They didn't they mind, they didn't mind the fact that they were hooking the fish. Right. I mean, there were big fish slapping at they their fly. They saw them. And, and yeah, yeah. It was a, and that was Isonychia when they just started. I went back the next day with the neighbor, and we had a great time. Caught a lot of yeah, fish. They, the same thing happened again, and and not quite as good, but but man, we caught a lot of really nice fish the next day. But yeah, that can be frustrating. But the clients are having a good time, and and. Uh, and it was more frustrating for me than it was for them because sure. I wanted them to catch fish. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Bob, let so, me ask you about uh, shore lunches because uh, some guides are uh, very particular about their shore lunches. Some guys just like to do sandwiches. I know yeah. in the old days they used to yeah. take uh, barbecues and do some pretty fancy yeah, stuff. I did all, Share all that my with trips. Us. All my trips mm -hmm. were uh, I, I would take a barbecue with me and and I, I'd talk to them. You know, give them a choice of. Uh, Fish, chicken, or steaks, and and uh, 
and, and have all the side dishes and everything and set up a table and, and with, the, with the chairs. And, and, and then the, I was even put out the napkins and, and stuff. Oh. So it was, it was an, sometimes it was probably I'm good. Sometimes it was good because it might be the highlight of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you carried yeah. all that but in I, the boat? I, yeah, I always did that. And then mm. I, I got to where... Some of sometimes I, if I got lazy, I'd just go to go to Glen's or fam, what's Family Fair now, and uh, and pick up their crispy chicken. You know, there, there you go. Yeah. Okay. And just, and just Quick re, and easy. And just reheat it. Yeah. 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 You would take all the chairs and tables with you on the boat. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. all fold up stuff, sure. so it was. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't take a mm -hmm. tremendous amount in the cooler. And that would all go right up behind the behind the front seat there, and yeah. it wouldn't take up a lot of room enough. So there was still plenty of room for the guy in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> do, do up up here? I mean, you you mentioned you started out up on the north, but as a guide, was there, or maybe it's hatch specific, but was there a favorite beat that you covered, or you know, no. All the rivers are very different, but I loved them all, you know, whether it's sure. the, the <laughs> north branches, you know, there were, there were times when it got pretty low, mm -hmm. but I love the, you know, as long as there was plenty of enough water, you don't need a lot of water if you know what you're doing, as long as you mm -hmm. don't have, you know, right over, you know, your clients that are, are on the heavy side. but. I love the islands and, and, and the North Branch, the South Branch. I love the, the steep, you know, the deep water and, and the steep, steep banks. And, and here it's just the mainstream is just, uh, you know, it's just just so scenic with all sweepers and, and such. Oh, yeah. And, and the Manistee, mm -hmm. you know, you can't beat that either. It's all special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I first started, I think I was fishing more in the Manistee, uh, a great deal on the Manistee. I was fishing a lot better uh, uh, for a, a long period of time, uh, far more reliable, especially later in the season. Almost always later in the season, once August comes or mm -hmm. late July, I I do most of my fishing on the Manistee. Do you think that it gets less pressure? Well, it does just, get, just yeah, well, it does access. get yeah, it does get less pressure. I mean, a lot of people just wanted to go down the mainstream because it was, you know, oh, the, the, the river to go down, right. and, mm -hmm. and other people wanted to go down the South Branch because it was, you know, much more wild. You didn't see all those cottages and mm -hmm. such, and mm -hmm. and, uh, and and a lot of people just liked the Manistee, and so they wanted to go. Everybody had their favorite river sure. for different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but one of my, do I have favorite stretches? I had favorite stretches for different hatches and such. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. the for quite a few years, I would when it came hex time, I would switch to the lower south branch, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was a really nice, beautiful float going down through there, and always. And then you could work your way out into the mainstream. You would be behind all those other fishermen that had gone up to the river and you know it's at one o'clock in the morning they had kind of moved downstream and you would be coming in behind them to to catch those uh 
you know, those straggler fish that are, were fishing way after they should have been, and those were the big ones that were, were fishing <laughs> at, that were still feeding at two o'clock in the Catch morning. Catch the third spinner yeah. ball. <laughs> my, yeah. issue, my issue became that I couldn't, couldn't hear anymore, and I had, you know, bad hearing issues, and that's not good for night fishing. <laughs> Difficult yeah. for night. So yeah. I remember I bought night vision, you know, I said, oh, okay, I got, I got this figured out. I'm going to get these night vision goggles. <laughs> there we go. So, holy cats. Did, did you? About, yeah, yeah. Did, I had did that night, work? Night vision? Of course not. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. It just got all tangled up in everything else. Yeah. Just another piece of gear to get in the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, well, today, um, not, you don't guide... Do you take friends out? Do you? Oh yeah, you, sure. You're still out on the water. Yeah, not as much. Uh, you know, but I'll make at least ten or twelve trips down oh, the river, uh, as opposed to you know, fifty, sixty trips down the sure. river a year. So uh, yeah, I still go down quite a bit. Uh, like I, you know, usually taking, you know, I'll take kids from the fish camp, and I'll. Nice. Take wounded warriors down. Uh, do they do it from bamboo bend? Yeah, from bamboo bend <coughs> right kind of thing, and 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 then we'll take That's one. Such a great program. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I get I go down the river, uh, but not quite like I used to. And I still know all the. I still like to get around to all the different rivers, and I still do have one or two people that I, from my old days, that I take down. That you still guide? Yeah, yeah, that after 20, 25 years with them, they, they don't want anybody else. Still they know you. that I don't hear, and they don't hear either. Yeah. So, it so we just talk to each it's other. It's funny how our peer group Yeah, and, and nobody <laughs> knows what each other's talking That's about great. until we sit down at lunch. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. well, it becomes kind of meditative and yeah. uh, a little yeah. zen experience. Yeah. yeah. I like that. But they, but they know the river well enough that they're not going to worry about it, uh, about the conversation, and, yeah. yeah. Until they catch a fish. If it's a big, I remember just a few years ago, one of them caught a really nice fish, and I go, f I grab the net and the flood jump out of the boat, and he, and he, he, he jumped out. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to lose that. You know, I didn't want him to lose that fish because it was probably as nice a fish as he's he's seen in a long time. So he was pretty impressed with that. Sixty-year-old <laughs> guy is jumping, jumping out, out of the boat. <laughs> Good for you. Goes flying out of the boat to net the fish. I love it. Bob, I I don't know who it was. I think it was either Mark Hendricks or uh, Josh Nethers or one of those fellows recently told me that. Bob Andrus was the best fisherman he's ever seen from a skill standpoint. Oh, yeah, Bob Andrus. And I, don't think, I, don't I remember one time. I've heard a rumor or two on that line too, Bob. I, so I remember one time on the North Branch down by uh, Dam 4, uh, I was fishing below you. You came down, I think you had your granddaughters with you. And I was watching you. You were upstream a little bit, and you had the little kids in the river. And they were catching okay. one fish after another, and uh, I wasn't. I was getting a few, but not like you were. 
and I think you were using soft we were, hackles. Yeah, we were swinging soft. Yeah. Swinging hard, soft tackles. With, that's what you do with kids. I didn't even know what the hell a soft tackle was at the time. <laughs> and I looked up, and here's this old guy, uh, older than, not, not even as old as I was, at the matter of fact. And catching fish after fish with these little kids, and I thought, wow, what a fisherman he is. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun watching you do that. Yeah, the, yeah. Are the kids that still was, fishing? Yeah, we used to take the kids, they're damn... There at Dam 4 was pretty pretty shallow in that area. Mm, good That's for wading. Kids, yeah, and just swing soft tackles with all those brook trout. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. They can't help themselves, can they? Yeah. <laughs> those soft tackles are a good secret weapon. Yeah, my, my neighbor, my neighbor introduced me to those soft tackles when he got cataracts. And he oh. couldn't see the he couldn't see the fly anywhere, so, so, he's, so he started under. he started tying up soft tackles and uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was a long time ago. That was probably 25 years ago. Who was that? Who was your neighbor? Oh, Howard Fetters. Howard Fetters, great okay. guy. I yeah. mean, Don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have his Paul Young midrod. Oh, I wanted the Martha Marie, but, but his son wanted the Martha Marie too. So you got so, the midge. So I got the midge. I've got one too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I'm making an imitation. Uh, okay. John's I'm making one. Right now. Yeah. I, 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 Glenn was kind enough to let me cast his, and boy, what a beautiful rod. You got some cat, was it, is that a catnaw uh, type? <clears throat> catnaw really took some of these rods and really tweaked them to where they, uh, really? they're just <clears throat> special rods. Ron Barsh, Ron Barsh does too. He, yeah, he makes right. that same okay. uh, Paul Young yeah. midge. Yeah. Now the Paul Young midge is wonderful for f f small flies. Uh, and we short just distance casting, and, and you can't. My personality, unfortunately, doesn't deal with bamboo as well as. Oh really? <laughs> no, no. So yeah, I, I need. You, you like the graphite? Well, I like I like, gra I like snappy. You like snappy rods? Power. That, yeah. Then every okay. once in a while, if I want to show off, I can. Put, put a little bit of line out there. Too. Uh -huh. There you go. Now we just as soon lost... as you, of course, this, you know as well as I. As soon as you put more, too much line out, you're never going to hook that fish anyway. No. You can, they'll come up for the fly, but the <laughs> chances of hooking Need two yeah. bullies yeah. in the middle to get any leverage. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just lost Terry Warrington, uh, who loved the little tiny flies. You yeah. know, the little yeah. midges and the uh, trichos. Uh, yeah. Do you enjoy those little flies? And that, those are great flies for the Not Paul Young Mid. Not as much as I used to. Not as much as you used to. Okay. <laughs> Except for last summer when I we were out in. Uh, <clears throat> I love trichos, but I love them out west a whole lot more than here. Mm -hmm. Out west, where you can put a double wing trico and tie it on a yep. tie it on a sixteen or eighteen and. Something or, that you can and uh, quite for more, whatever reason, yeah, yeah. Out west, I love those. Uh, where we fished a year ago, we had just four days of phenomenal trico fishing. We're just catching big fish after big fish on tricos. And <clears throat> why they were taking your tricos beyond me because there's millions of flies on the water, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and for some reason. They were hitting yours. They would take the little bit bigger double-winged trico. Yeah, Where were you fishing? Oh, should I tell you? No, <laughs> Just the river. It was in Wyoming. Is Wyoming? In, yeah, yeah. In, a, in a tributary to the uh, to the North Platte. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was in, in southern southern uh, 
you know, around encampment. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Saratoga Springs area. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Platte. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't on the Platte. It was one on, on one of the bigger feed. There's some nice feeder creeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think the coolest fish you've ever seen or the coolest experience you've had here in, in what, our Big, our big fish around here? Well, I was with my, my buddy uh, Jim Anderson when we were, and we were fishing on the Hex, or not, this wasn't Hex, this was pre-Hex, this was the Brown Drakes. Okay. We were fishing for Brown Drakes on the south branch around the, on the high banks. And uh, we went up in there and <clears throat> uh, just went upstream, I don't know, a quarter mile or so to where that little creek, to where that little creek comes in. And... Uh, <clears throat> Sat there and sat there. Nothing really happened, right? So we were coming up, and we said, "Oh, let's walk the walk the stream rather than get up on that." So we walked the stream, and so I said, "Whoa, stop! I think I heard something." And of course, he laughs because I don't hear a thing. <clears throat> I'm I'm deaf. Right? <laughs> so he said, "Come on!" <laughs> and about two seconds later, he's got he's got this. Fish on, right? So he, was it dark? Yeah. Oh, pitch, pitch black. Okay, yeah, pitch black, so dark you can't see. But he's a good night fisherman. So he gets this monster fish on. It's a twenty-six inch, Oof. twenty-six inch brown trout. We, you know, he, he ties good knots, so it was. So okay. we it, we got it to the net, and this thing wouldn't fit in into a, a net. And so <laughs> I said, "Give me your net." So I had two. Nets <laughs> trying to get this big ass fish. Yeah, finally we subdued this thing. So he, so he, uh, you know, we take the pictures and he takes. That's the fish now. He's pretty excited. So he goes to the taxidermist, and uh, and you know, here's here's the picture. And the t he said, Yeah, I can do that. He told me it was 26 inches. And so, so you know, three months later. I go over and there's there's the reproduction on the wall, right? <laughs> and I said, Jim, that's beautiful. Only one thing, it's not 26 inches. The taxidermist said, apparently these foam forms forms that they use they come in, you know, a 24 and a 27. <laughs> And I think the taxidermist had a 24 on hand that he had was going to and painted the 24 rather than order the new. larger 27 <laughs> inch. Or, so Jesus. so he got he got shorted. He got shorted. He got shorted a couple of inches rather than had. Yeah, and you yeah. could tell looking at the yeah, reproduction that it, was, it yeah, wasn't I the could full tell size. It was not a 20, 26 inch fish. A, Good. A noticeable difference between a 24 and a 26. Oh, yeah, girth. Yeah. yeah. Good story. Yeah. Well, you don't have big girth on, the south, on these big fish on the south. <clears throat> well, they're just long. Yeah, the forms also come in different. You know, if it's a lake fish, you're going to. Mm -hmm. sure. The, the sure. forms are. But, but so when you're. If, you get, if you're getting a reproduction. You should spend a little bit of time talking to the uh, Make sure. taxidermist because <laughs> you can go to different companies and get and get the right size and right shape. Um, but, oh. Um, oh, poor guy. But rather than <laughs> use what you got on hand, right? Well, before we close up our, our chat today, for, for a young angler, for someone 
young young man, young lady coming new to fly fishing, right. young or old, what what would your sage guide advice be to them? Is there a tip or two that would would enhance their experience as they evolve in their skills? You know, I I, diff, I think different people probably react different things, you know, different ways of doing things. Whether you have a mentor, or or whether for me, you know, I just wanted to do everything on my own. I just wanted to learn and and, and flounder my way through uh, you know, learn all the learn all the places. I was just driving all over. I was just a fanatic. I was driving all over. You know, every river I knew, every river in the in this. You know, this is such a marvelous Crawford County. It's such a marvelous place. You know, it's just not only big creeks. The the little creeks are just marvelous places too, and mm. and. Uh, so different, different. I think different people want want. Some people want to do it all themselves. Okay. Go for it. If but but uh, you know and just. But they should really take at least a class or two. When I was when I was just starting out, I went to a TU banquet in Saginaw. And um, and and I won the a big prize. I don't know if it was a grand prize or not, but it was a you know a lot of really nice fly fishing equipment. And, oh. and uh, with it, Doug Schwisher at the time was work, was working with uh, had just gone to work for Berkeley, developing their fly fishing. He was only there a few years, and Berkeley okay. gave up on fly fishing. But, but and there's some but he had some interesting stories about that too <laughs> but but I won a three day fly fishing thing with him here at Gates oh, with wow. Swisher okay when I was about 23 years old awesome. uh, so so that was uh, that's how I got it. and that really with him you know Encouraging me and, and, and stuff that really got me jump started to even be more that's awesome crazy yeah yeah because <clears throat> he took us to some really neat places how, and and how old were you then you were about oh probably 23, 24 okay. maybe that's great yeah that's a good jump start so that was yeah that's yeah. a good and jump I, start because I won a because I won a uh, one uh, well, sure. Maximize it. I mean, it's yeah. you know, I was having a similar conversation with my son-in-law, and, and they said, "Well, maybe you don't need a new rod. Maybe you just spend spend a portion of that and and go spend some time with a guide and and yeah. see how he fishes that water that you live on now and understand. Get some. You don't need expensive. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, Junk equipment's better than the stuff we started with. You know, yeah. <laughs> my, my yeah. first rod was was, uh, was unbelievable. When I, yeah. but my my second rod was a wonder rod. Was it Shakespeare sure. wonder rod? Shakespeare. Well, yeah. That was after fiberglass. My, my first one was a big. Yeah, every my first five or six rods were uh, were fiberglass. That's mm -hmm. all they. That was bef well before the the graphites and. Uh, yeah. What is your favorite rod for this water right now? Five weight or four weight? Or oh, what do you prefer? Four. I, I use four weights early on, and four weight will handle handle big fish. I've caught twenty four inch brown trout with four weights four right weights? here. Mm. Yeah. In fact, I was on the uh, the 
Eric Sharp got the picture. That it was the name of the trout was Homer. Oh. And and it was on the, there was a banner on the Detroit Free Press opening uh, for that just after the opening of trout season back nice. I don't know 15 years ago. But that was when <clears throat> that was a period of time. Interestingly, when there was just huge numbers of big fish in the river, mm. you know. And it followed, and three years before, you couldn't find a fish in the river. The, wow. it's, it's, we were having these meetings. I don't know if you went to these meetings concerning enrichment and, and the issues that, that uh, Osaba River was sterile. So mm -hmm. we were having, went through a year or two of meeting after meeting. What can we do, you know? And we had a couple mild winters. The next thing you know, there are fish everywhere. Big, big fish everywhere. Nothing to do with man. So, man had nothing to do with man. And, you know, and I keep saying, I hope this is what's going to happen yeah, around here too, because right now yeah. the fishing is really, really pretty poor. It's been bad. Yeah, it's been Bob, bad for ever since those two, two really cold winters we had back five, six years right. ago. Yeah. It'll be fun to see. We've had a mild winter. Yeah, what's that? I said we've had a mild winter, we, so this has been extremely I think mild. spring, you know, we'll find out. We're coming up yeah. on it soon. Yeah, <laughs> we'll Bob. find out. Well, we've had a lot of high water, and what I remember, this is, I hate saying this, but our very, very best fishing has been not when we have, you know, a lot of water in the river. In which lower yeah. water. Yeah, <clears throat> but, but uh, Joe Cutkin used to say, well, the reason is that all those fish that are back, way back in and under stuff, you know, they're forced out to, to find food, mm -hmm. and and uh, they're not sitting back in the, in these uh, hard to get to places that nobody can fish for, yeah. Mm. So, so maybe the, and and you know, we shock and don't find as many fish, but maybe the fish. Are just a whole lot better at hiding or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've got rubber fins on now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fish, fish are so, and, and, and all the things that deal. There's so many different components that go into sure. it. It's it's hard to mm -hmm. it's hard to put a finger on what the issues are. I mean, it's not like there's one definitive problem. It's, I mean, if you look at the river, there's more good gravel, more woody debris, plenty of water. There should be plenty of fish. Should be fish. And Bob, fish uh, are hard to catch. A lot of people don't know that uh, you have been very, very involved in uh, volunteer work with uh, Mason Griffith TU. Um, I believe you're head of the volunteer programs. Uh, mm -hmm. You probably manage 10 projects at least every year. Uh, tell us quickly about your efforts to get people involved and in, in, uh, doing good things for the river. Well, that's... <clears throat> Back, uh, uh, it probably started a whole lot of years ago. When I first moved up here, I know that uh, I was a caretaker of the Watershed Club and, and uh, a lot of the members there were DNR people and, and uh, some DNR commissioners and stuff like that. Sure. And, and 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 they got me real interested in the uh, in in they were familiar with the ward and all the problems up there, and they mm -hmm. wanted somebody to grab that and 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 and, and so they you know you. <clears throat> they pretty much 
turned me into an environmental leader uh, and they were kind of they kind of picked me to, to do their to be the person that and and so i i led that that was that, your start that, that was the start off in the award when we uh redid you know kind of got all the all the all the orvs and stuff out of that out of yeah. the system there and and then um Saginaw chapter came in and re uh and did a major uh, stream bank stabilization project coming down through that mm. that Dward area, and 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 then I was involved with the chapter, and and, and you know, and about nine, nothing was really going on when the, the DNR was doing a tremendous amount of stuff in the seventies and early eighties, but mm -hmm. by the late eighties things. All of a sudden, they had backed off doing projects, and then we started forming these watershed committees. Joe Joe Cutkin over on the uh, um, Manistee, uh, yeah, Manistee, and I think '89 and 1990, we uh, we formed it here here on that uh, here on the Asabo watershed, and uh, uh, those efforts were coordinated primarily at that time with uh, Huron Pines. And Huron Pines was doing a tremendous amount of, of, of work, uh, uh, and and we would, uh, you know, help fund their Huron Pines projects. And then Huron Pines, uh, back about ten years ago, started showing wanting to do more in other watersheds rather than focusing here on the Asabo. And so, mm -hmm. and so we were left with. <clears throat> the chapter really came on strong doing and other you know other anglers came on mm -hmm. you know, shortly after that uh, mm -hmm. doing a lot of projects and and uh, funding a lot of funding mm -hmm. a lot of projects and and so so uh, what I do is not so much the uh, the big projects as uh, as volunteer projects and mm -hmm. we do about about 10 15 a year uh, you know, like the my core, we do like six sites a year on uh, insect surveys. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, do temperature monitoring. Uh, um, I think they got at least fifteen or twenty temperature monitoring sites going on mm -hmm. right now. That the, you know the volunteers do primarily David Smith and and Marie Harrington, I think, and um, then we always do one or two projects with the work crew uh, that we have every year. For access and sites that, and yeah. accesses. And then, then plus we do access, maintain access sites, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then we do some river clearing in the spring uh, mm -hmm. when, when, uh, when we get notified of, of blockages. Uh, of course, on the South Branch, you have to wait. And, <laughs> the water and keeps going down <laughs> and down and down. And, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and every time it goes down another foot, there's more blockages. And, <laughs> and so, so, but we do a lot of, uh, just a lot of uh, red surveys in the fall, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of other, a lot of other projects to, to maintain the river. Yeah. You've done an amazing job with that volunteer group. And Mason Griffith at one time was mostly a funding organization, and then they became more of a boots in the water and a hands-on group. 
from, right, from right. giving with our money own, to, with our own with crews, your own, own and, crews and, and, and such. And that's because the mm-hmm. uh, here in Pineville was doing a lot of that stuff. Uh, uh, they were formed back in '72, uh, and uh, I was I worked real close with Dan Sikarski, their first uh, executive director, and and. Uh, Within a lot of the projects that were being done on the Asava land, and and he, and and he helped form the the, the watershed, the watershed committee. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the main things that we did right off the get go was uh, was a, to totally uh, do a stream inventory of the entire stream bank inventory of, the, of erosion for the entire mm-hmm. watershed, mm-hmm. and that was a major undertaking. Sure. It took you know, dozens of volunteers uh, uh, to, to get that and put that pro- put all that information into a, a book and, and then we then started working, you know, working off that and and, 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 and now the streams, compared to what it was like back in 19, you know, 80s uh, and, and it's, 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 a whole lot, a whole lot better. Sure. Lot the DNR had done that back in the early, late 60s, early 70s. They went through and did a tremendous amount of work. Uh, on on I worked erosion? On, in fact, I worked on the North Ranch when I was a, when I was, uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh-huh. I, I was a teacher, but in the summertime, that was my summer job for five years working on the, up um, on the North Branch, putting that stream stream structure in. Structures in? Yes, oh, you, yes. you were doing that? And we've, and the chapter's gone through and, and rebuilt a lot of those structures mm-hmm. uh, with, yep. Uh, yep. you know, with the work crews and, and, and such. That's, that's a target. Steve Sendek. That, yep, and that's a target this year for the anglers to do that. Right, right, and anglers are doing a lot. Yeah. I know anglers have done numerous projects, and, and we yeah. try to co- coordinate all this, all those efforts. A lot of good work the, together through the watershed committee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been delightful. Uh, it, this great conversation, Bob, and thank you for taking time out. Thanks of your for day. the time. The um, as we say here on the Backcast podcast uh, at the end of each show, mind your backcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. So that was fun. Thanks for listening to the Backcast podcast. We're a product of the Lovells Township Historical Society. The Historical Society is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We operate the Lone Pine Schoolhouse Museum along with Michigan's only trout fishing museum. We also present a number of programs and events throughout the year, both at our museums and throughout the community. You'll find us just north of the intersection of County Road 612 at Twin Bridge Road. Be sure to check us out on the web at lthsmuseums.org and like us on Facebook. We'll be back shortly with another entertaining conversation. Until then, mind your backcast.